season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. to the JKR podcast. Today we have Fort Wayne native, Homestead 2022 graduate and current freshman pitcher at Dayton Baseball. We got Caden Tarango on the podcast. Caden, super pumped to have you on the show, man. How are you doing today? Pleasure to be here. Uh, been great today, getting my classwork in, getting my schoolwork in, getting everything done. It's great. Okay, perfect. There we go. So what's school looking like right now? Got a couple weeks left here of the of your first semester of college. So what's this first fall semester been like? Uh, school's going great, getting all my classwork uh, done, going to class, getting everything good. Um, baseball, I mean, everything's obviously busy uh, with baseball and class, but I'm being efficient, getting my schoolwork done on time. Um, basically go from school to baseball, back to school. Okay, there we go. So before we kind of dig into the baseball side of things, I do have one question I'd like to ask everybody just to kind of get the podcast rolling. And that question is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself who exactly is Caden? Uh, my name is Caden Tarango. Um, I was originally born in California. Um, I moved to Fort Wayne because um, of my dad's job. Grew up in Fort Wayne most of my life. Uh, played in Fort Wayne for the Fort Wayne Diamondbacks um, for a while. Uh, eventually went down to Indy, played for the Indiana Nitro. Um, went on to get invited to the um, future games, um, which helped a lot. Then eventually played for the Midwest Canes. Um, went from there. Got a lot of love from the uh, future games, and that's how I ended up at University of Dayton. Okay. So when exactly I, – I guess I didn't realize you grew up in California or were born in California. Yeah. Uh, so when did you move from Cali all the way here to Fort Wayne? I moved from Cali when I was young. Uh, I want to say like two, three, maybe. Oh, shoot. Okay. Uh, so I, I was – I didn't really get the experience. I mean, I was just born there. I can say I was born in California. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Do you, have, you, have you gone there quite a bit since moving to Fort Wayne, or for the most part have you guys stayed here in the Midwest? Yeah, I, I go out there. I try to go out there every year, um, every other year. Uh, my dad's whole side of his family lives out there um, on the coast. So we go out there for, like, Christmas parties, see them. Um, so we try to make an appearance every once in a while. Okay. So you said your dad moved for his job. So what what type of job was your dad working to make him move to Fort Wayne? Uh, my dad's uh, – he's a FedEx. Uh, he works for FedEx. Um, he's in the district sales. So he's uh, district sales in the Midwest now. Um, working out of Indiana. Uh, but he goes to Ohio a lot. Uh, surrounding states um, so he does that with FedEx and district sales in the Midwest okay all right so let's dig into travel ball a little bit um, I know you mentioned a lot of good legit travel ball teams here in the area the Fort Wayne Diamondbacks I mean they're always one of the better Fort Wayne area teams uh, Indiana Nitro one of the better Indiana teams in the Midwest Canes as well um, so kind of take us through how did you get connected with the Fort Wayne Diamondbacks and then kind of take us through that timeline of you kind of transitioning from Diamondbacks to the Nitro to the Canes yeah, I first started off with the TC Spikes, um, smaller team out of Fort Wayne. Uh, it was a more of a – for the uh, Little League World Series, it was one of those teams where you play through your Little League and then you transfer over to there. Um, so I played with them. Um, it was a great experience. Figured I need something a little a little farther in the travel ball as it wasn't really a travel ball experience. Um, ended up joining the Fort Wayne Diamondbacks. Played with them for three or four years, um, I want to say. Had a great experience with them. Um Love those guys out there. And then uh, 
I figured I just want to take another step farther. Um, went down to the play for the Indiana Nitro, played for them for a year. Uh, things went great with that. Uh, great, great community out there. Um, then that opened doors to the uh, future games, which really set everything open for me. And that's where baseball just exploded. Uh, I went from there. Um, then I went to the Midwest Canes and had a great time there. Uh, obviously, bigger tournaments with Midwest Canes. Um, going down to Georgia pretty much every other weekend. Hoover, uh, yeah, those tournaments. So that that's basically how everything went. Okay, so what was that transition process going from the Fort Wayne Diamondbacks to the Indiana Nitro? Because I mean, I know the Nitro. Um, they're part of like I mean, like I said, they're one of the better Indiana travel ball teams. Yeah. Um, but there's also in that same area like Indiana Elite, Indiana Mustangs. So what was it that made you choose uh, the Indiana Nitro? Yeah, um, going from the Diamondbacks with Nitro is definitely a big uh, switch um, with all those indie kids. Uh, Fort Wayne's not as not as big as those indie schools down there. Um, so I mean, it was a good switch. Uh, I got used to it real fast. Um, started work, learned to work a lot harder. Um, obviously, I had to do all my training at home because we didn't drive two hours every single day to practice, uh, and we didn't really practice as much as you do when you're in Fort Wayne because those are all local kids. Um, so, I mean, it was cool. Uh, it was great playing for the Nitro. Um, competition was obviously a lot better down there. Uh, playing in uh, West Westfield, Grand Park, that's the majority of our tournaments um, for my first year was, uh, which was really good. Got me used to, like, how things are starting to kick off for travel ball. Like, that was my first real experience, I guess you could say. Because um, with the Diamondbacks, we played in a lot more local tournaments, like BPA and all those tournaments. Yeah. Uh, not really, like – bigger tournaments so I mean the Nitro really like kicked things off I had a good experience with them and then I just figured uh I needed something a little a little better yeah so obviously the Diamondbacks are more of like that four-win area team like you mentioned Indiana Nitro more of like a Midwest where you're going to Grand Park yeah some other couple tournaments around the Midwest and then the Midwest Canes being more of a national team uh, when it comes yeah. to how all three of those organizations are ran just like on the day-to-day -day, uh, game by game, like how would you kind of compare those three organizations when it comes to how the coaching staff or just somehow the, uh, the faculty kind of how to run those programs? Yeah, all three, all three organizations are very great. And I'm very blessed uh, to be a part of all three of them. Um, Fort Wayne Dimebacks, more local, like I said, more practices. You have more practices with everyone. Like they're all local. You can get into the diamond in Fort Wayne. Um, so that's more of like a practice team, I, I guess you could say. And then you go to the tournaments. Uh, the Nitro, I mean, we didn't really have any many practices. It was on the weekends every once in a while. Um, I'd say them and the Canes was a lot similar. The difference is uh, the Canes, I mean, you recruit. You get you can get whoever to play for them. So it's a lot more recruiting um, versus practicing. Like you don't – I don't really say you don't need to practice, but it's basically on your own um, because all those guys eventually committed like – our team was based, basically, I don't want to call a national team because we weren't, but basically a national team. I mean, we had kids from all over the country. We had kids from uh, Canada. We had a few draft picks this year. Um, so, yeah, that I'd say that's the big difference is, like, the recruiting to play for those teams. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the Midwest Canes, I mean, for every class, because obviously with me being, like, an aspiring agent, like, I'm looking into those, you know, 24, yeah. 25, 26 classes. I mean, the Midwest Canes always seem to be – some sort of like a, a national team in a way, just because of all the guys they have across the country, like you said. Uh, but like yeah. when it when it came to relationships you had with those coaches, I'm assuming Jay Hunley was the coach for the Midwest Canes when you were yeah. playing. Yeah, um, him so, and Coach Webb. So what are some of your relationships with, you know, Jay or even some of the relationships you have with the Nitro um, and even the Fort Wayne Diamondbacks from years ago? What are those relationships like with coaches? Yeah, 
to start off with the Diamondbacks, um, I got really close with uh, Coach Manny um, and Coach Javi out there. I actually used to do pitching lessons with Coach Javi all the way till I got here. Um, so I've built a big relationship with both of them. Um, I actually worked – McKinstry was my coach out there. Um, Zach McKinstry's older dad – or his dad was my coach. So that was that was cool to talk to him and, like, get some, like, not MLB advice, but, like, learn as his son went through the whole experience too. Um, so that's how that started. Uh, and then went down to the Nitro, uh, worked with Coach Dill. Um, great guy. He's actually – I got my first offer with him. Um, he called me about 30 minutes before and said, hey, this school's going to offer you. So, I mean, that was kind of cool. Um, first time ever talking to school too. So, I mean, he helped me out, he helped me out a lot with that. And then, obviously, with the future games, um, the Nitro had a lot to do with that. And then going to the Canes, um, Coach Jay Hunley was great. He helped me a lot with recruiting because at the time I wasn't committed yet. Um, so he helped me out a lot with that. And then uh, Coach Webb was another another big part of me. Um, Pitching-wise, he was our pitching coach. Um, so he taught me a lot, too, and, like, what not to do, what to do, and, like, certain situations and all of that. Yeah. So you talked about the Futures games there a little bit. So kind of take us through what that experience was like going down to Lake Point, playing up against some of the, the top uncommitted players in the class, in your class at that time. Uh, what was that experience like? Yeah, that was definitely a, a high rise in my uh, my uh, recruiting. Um, I went down there with zero offers, never talked to school. Um, went down there, competed. I think I got up to 87 or 88 off the mound. Um, so that was cool. Immediately got in the car. On the, I, had a, I actually had a pretty good outing. Um, so it was cool down, to be down there with the guys. Um, there was only three people that were from around the Fort Wayne area. Uh, me, Braden, and uh, Carter Dixon, who's playing at LTU. Um, so that was cool to have, like, us down there, like, with all the indie kids. Yeah. Um, I mean, we made great friendships. Everyone down there is great. Uh, played with a lot of good players. Um, had a great outing. Went left. Uh, immediately when I got in the car, I had – three phone calls waiting, um, kind of how that worked. And uh, just recruiting, like, skyrocketed from there. Eventually I had to quit football because it was, like, so overwhelming with every single day, like, talking to school after um, after my classwork was done. Like, I, yeah. football practice, like, it just, just got all jumbled together. So uh, that's how that kind of worked out. Okay. So besides that Futures game event, what were some of your other favorite travel ball events? Just kind of looking back through the years – playing for the Diamondbacks, the Nitro, the Canes, uh, just looking back at the entire thing, like what are some of your favorite travel ball memories? Uh, definitely going down to Georgia. Um, I love going down to Lake Point, nice facility, great competition. Um, probably one of my favorites is actually I subbed with the team for the weekend, the Prairie Gravel. Um, went down to Hoover with them, fully paid. Everything was great with that, so that was cool. Um, we made all the championship, played in the uh, – SEC tournament um, facility at Hoover um, ended up losing to the Triton Rays, but um, that was a good experience with them. Had a lot of fun uh, rooming with guys because you room with guys since they fully paid for. So that was cool to like get to meet all those dudes. Um, and then I'd say playing with the Diamondbacks, a lot of the game day events, um, they're smaller, but I mean, it was cool winning those game day MVP tags back in the day. Yeah. Loved those <laughs> Back in the day, that was, that was the thing. Like, yeah. you were legit. Um, especially coming from, like, a small city. I mean, you didn't have, like, the Bulls and all those teams in those tournaments. Like, I don't even remember the teams in those tournaments, to be honest. But, I mean, it was just cool to, like, kind of dominate in those games. And uh, definitely those tournaments, um, I like those a lot. Yeah. 
so so obviously playing at Grand Park quite a bit um within your within your travel ball career going down to Lake Point there at least once I'm sure there was might have been a couple other times you went down there uh in yeah. Hoover as well um some other different travel ball facilities you went to what is your favorite travel ball facility that you got the chance to play in definitely probably Lake Point um yeah I mean I'll yeah, definitely Lake Point. I mean, I, I like Iowa too. Um, the perfect game facility out there in Iowa. I mean, it's not my favorite because it's cold, but like just it kind of gives you like the cornfield like vibe. I don't know. I, I just like it. It's it's very spread out. Yeah. Um, we played there a few times in Iowa. Um, I tried by the University of Iowa too, which was cool to go like look around and stuff. Um, but I definitely say Lake Point just because it's how nice it is, the turf fields. Yeah, definitely Lake Point. Okay. So with this being the Fort Wayne interview series on the JKR podcast, let's kind of transition a little bit and talk about Fort Wayne baseball. Uh, so starting with that Homestead program where you, Carter Matheson, came from, uh, like we said, there's another like sophomore junior right now who's a pretty solid ball player as well. Um, kind of take us through what's that Homestead program like and what do you think's kind of led to just the success that they've had just developing some elite players like yourself? These past yeah, the Homestead program's very good. Um, I enjoyed my time there, especially coming up as a freshman um, from until I was a senior. Played with all those guys. Uh, Caleb Colpine, uh, who's at Taylor, very good bat, very good pitcher. Um, Carter Matson, obviously. I mean, he's legit. <laughs> so that was cool to play with him uh, for, I mean, should have been two years, but COVID. Um, so I got to play with him for a year. Uh, we, we had a very talented squad that year. Ended up losing the Fishers regionals um they beat us twice in that year so i mean that was hard another one's cole elkins um really good buddies with him he was committed to louisiana um he ended up going juco um so that was cool he's one of our better pitchers too so it was cool to have one another guy that went with us and then moving on from that this past year we had a really good squad uh, a lot of pitchers a lot of hitters um we had a lot of hitters that were naia guys but i mean it didn't really matter at all like we were just like bonded as a group um, and those guys got their job done whenever it was needed. Um, and this year, I mean, I'm not on the team, but they should be pretty legit with all the pitchers they have. Another one is Alex Graber. Um, I know he's getting some getting some love from some D1 schools. Um, I don't know who he plays with as of right now. Uh, and then Mason Weaver will be another one for them this year. Uh, Luke Ria, um, yeah, they'll be they'll be good this year. I mean, they produce every single year. Um, great coaching staff over there and great program. Yeah. So Homestead's not only good at baseball. I mean, obviously you guys are a pretty solid basketball school as well. Yeah. Um, so kinda, what are your relationship with guys like obviously Carter Matheson, who's a baseball player, your teammate, but then also like with Luke Goody and Fletcher Lawyer, some of those guys who were at Homestead students with you on um, playing basketball and now playing at that division one level. Yeah. I actually used to hoop back in the day, uh, freshman year, I was a hooper and then I uh, just caught on. I had to, had to hang up the Jersey. Um, <laughs> But Fletcher Lawyer is a great guy. He was actually my uh, lifting partner in weight and strength um, when he came here his first year. So it was cool to get to meet him. And he was still getting used to things at Homestead when he moved from Michigan. Um, and then Luke Goody, I'm friends with his brother, Jake Goody, uh, played baseball. That's another one that'll, that'll be uh, big for them next year for Homestead. Um, me and Luke didn't talk as much because, I mean, he was older. Um, but it was he was a, he was a good guy. Um, on the football field, I played with him for a year or two. Um, and all those other basketball players. I mean, the basketball team at Homestead's legit every single year. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're that they're always one of those those Fort Wayne programs that everyone's kind of scared of to play in the area. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Well, when you're kind of moving away from Homestead, I mean, you're kind of just remembering the players that you played against last spring. Uh, who do you think are some guys uh, for just baseball fans in general to be on the lookout for uh, this coming spring when they're going to watch some baseball in the 260 area? Uh, definitely Brayton Thomas. I mean, everyone knows who that is, that Bishop DeWanger, um, great pitcher from the left-hand side. Another one, uh, trying to think. Brandon Logan from uh, Snyder um, played against him. I actually played with the Canes, too. He played up with us for a tournament, so that was cool. Uh, Landon Fry, who's at Snyder, too. Um, he's a great guy going to IU. He also played with the Canes, um, kind of like a Canes reunion right here. But, uh, I mean, there's a lot of good players. Uh, like I said, Alex Graber from Homestead. I mean, I hate to bring up Homestead again, but he's going to be legit in the 2 6 um, there's some guys at Carroll too that will definitely be good. Carroll puts together a good squad every single year. Yeah, I mean Homestead obviously better every single year, but they got some guys out there. Yeah. So for a guy like Logan, I guess I didn't realize he played up with you. I mean, you're a class of 2022, and he's a class of 25. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Did he fit in pretty well with you 22s, or could you tell that he was a little bit younger than all the rest of the guys? We were at Lake Point actually, and uh. Coach Hudley just brought him in. I guess they finished their tournament early, and we needed a guy. This was before he was committed um, yeah. to. Um, we needed a guy because one of our players went down, played in the outfield. I mean, he fit in. It's not like he stood out or anything because we're obviously way older, but he fit in perfectly fine. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, it's it's great to see. I mean, I know you're out of high school now, so it doesn't you don't really like probably don't look at this, but I mean, it's cool to see those PBR rankings where. The number one player in the 24 class in the state is a Fort Wayne guy. The number one yeah. player in the 25 class is a Fort Wayne guy. So, I mean, that's, that's yeah. always, that's always pretty cool. And I think, I think next year, the class of 27, I think the number one guy in Indiana right now, even though, I mean, it's hard to rank guys who are eight, eighth graders. Cause I mean, you have no clue what their development's going to yeah. do, but I I'm pretty sure the number one guy in the 27 class is also from Fort Wayne. So, I mean, that's that's super cool to see. I mean, obviously, obviously, me being a 260 guy, I love seeing that yeah. 260 baseball just continue to get better and better, build on the uh, the likes of, you know, Kiermaier, Van Meter, McKinstry, um, Hayden Jones. Hopefully he gets, you know, makes it up to that major league level here in a couple of years as well. Yeah. Um, so it's, that's always cool. Uh, but let's kind of let's kind of dig into your recruiting process a little bit, kind of what landed you at Dayton. So you said after the Futures games, uh, you kind of had like three phone calls, like back to back to back. Um, so kind of take us through kind of how that recruiting process got started for you that day and what, what that whole thing was like. Yeah. So, I mean, I first started talking to schools. I didn't get offers right away. Um, first started talking to Charleston Southern, um, Wright State, and uh, Illinois State. So that's kind of how that worked um, out of there. Um, I was – this was about a week after the future games. Um, Coach Dill, the Nitro, called me and said, hey, Wright State is going to call you an offer for you. So, I mean, that was kind of – I was like – I was in shock a little bit. Um, so I didn't talk to any schools. Like that was my first like. So I mean, they called me. Um, they offered me, like you said, and uh, I went down. Wright State's a great program, by the way. Like I mean, they're killing teams every single year in the Horizon, and then they obviously make an appearance every year in the in the World Series. I mean, not the World Series, but like the regionals. Um, so that's kind of how that worked. I went down on the visit. Um, to Wright State. Um, great facilities, great coaches. Love the coaches there. Um. Just wasn't wasn't the right fit for me, um, academically, and uh, like I, I I just didn't feel like home. Um, so that happened. Then I started talking to Dayton, and I I told them I was like, yeah, I was just in Dayton last weekend at Wright State, and they're like, oh, you need to come down. Like, so that's kind of how that worked. I came down for a visit during COVID. Um, I was on Facetime with actually 
our pitching coach at the time walking around the campus by myself. Um, so, I mean, that was cool, but like, it was a different experience for sure. Um, seeing the campus. Cause now when I'm here, I see him walking around recruiters every single day. I'm like, wish I wish I could have done that. Yeah. Um, so did, so did you ever get, go ahead. That's how that kind of worked. And uh, yeah. So did you ever get the chance to actually go in person for, visits beyond you know because of covid uh did like covid kind of go come to an end when you were still in that recruiting process or did uh, you kind of commit during covid still i kind of committed during covid a little bit i mean i did go on recruiting trips but uh it was definitely a lot different um things weren't as open you couldn't go and like you couldn't just walk around wherever you wanted basically um yeah i mean it, it was definitely a lot different i was on facetime with coaches while i'm walking around and it, it was different, but I mean, I'm glad I made it work. Um, I'm glad that didn't stop stuff because I know that affected a lot of people um, recruiting wise, but I'm, I'm glad it like it worked out. Yeah. So taking it back to that first day, kind of when the recruiting process kind of got started for you, what were some of those initial conversations like with the likes of uh, Wright State, Illinois State? Um, I know you mentioned a third team as well. Uh, what were those initial conversations like? And then what was just kind of like, you know, running through your mind? Because, I mean, you're a you're a high school kid talking to a college yeah. coach for the first time. Uh, so just take us through that day a little bit. Yeah, a lot of them were – the first phone calls aren't directly about baseball, I feel like. Um, it's more like family, what kind of person you are. They're like, they want to see if you fit in with their program. Um, so that's kind of I noticed, like, about every single coach. Like, no matter where you're going to go, like, all of them, like, are kind of, like, on the same point of where they're trying to get um, – so that's how that happened with the first phone calls with all of them. Like besides Wright State, that was the first offer I got. Um, that just happened. I mean, we had a long conversation. I'd probably say about an hour phone call um, with them. And then the other schools, I mean, it was like five or six phone calls. I mean, maybe not that many, three or four probably um, before they offered. But a lot of them were about um, what your grades look like, how's school going, um, you play football, like stuff like that. Just like trying to figure out who you are. And then eventually, as the phone calls went on, they started talking more about, like, baseball and, like, what they see and, like, what could what could be something and stuff like that. Okay. So after you were on that date and visit, you know, on the on the phone, on the FaceTime with, with the pitching coach, how long yeah. was it until after – how long after was – how long after that visit was it until you actually did commit to Dayton? I think it was – I think it was a few weeks because they didn't offer yet um, – they were still waiting to see like all this stuff and I, they didn't offer that yet. So I committed probably two or three weeks after, um, after got yeah, everything figured out with like financial for like money for like school and baseball and all that. I'd say it was about two or three weeks after, um, finally committed. Then I'm about a, I don't know how long later uh, I went on an official visit here. Um, so that was cool. Cause COVID was finally over. So I got to meet all the other freshmen, um, on the official visit. Yeah. So um, after you decided to commit to Dayton, were there a couple other schools that, you know, finished second or third in that process um, to where you're yeah. like, OK, like I could potentially see myself going there? Definitely. I mean, Dayton was definitely at the top. Um, I just felt like home when I was here. Um, I mean, obviously, I did have a top three um, when I broke it down. Um, but Dayton just felt like it was home where I needed to be um, academically, too. It's a great, great school for academics. So I like that. And then the baseball uh, program is definitely on the rise with Coach King, who's not new. I mean, he's kind of new here. I think he's been here five or six years. Um, while he's been here, he's already taken the two uh, A-10 championships. So, I mean, he's definitely getting his guys in now. 
Yeah. Um, that, that's great because, I mean, he's done so much of the program already. Like, everything we get now, we just got a brand new turf field. Um, so, I mean, he's he's done a great job, and I'm excited to see what happens. So as you were going through that process, what were a couple of the key things that you were looking for, you know, within a university, within a coaching staff, um, just as you were going through that decision-making process? Yeah, definitely. Um, the coach is making me feel wanted um, instead of just, like, being there, uh, like, showing their expressions to why that would be a good choice for me. Um, definitely school, um, academic-wise, because baseball can only go so far. Um, obviously, I'm, my goal is to get drafted, but um, I, need, I need a good academic uh, school, too. And then the baseball side of things, like, what conference they're in, what their schedule looks like. That's another thing about Dayton. Uh, I really like their schedule and uh, who they play. Like, they're not scared to play bigger schools, um, which is what I like because, I mean, you want to go out and compete against those bigger schools yeah. so that when you play A-10 conference, I mean, it's a breeze. Yeah. So do you remember that day where it kind of hit your mind that, okay, Dayton is the place I want to go? Uh, kind of take us through that day and just like that, you know, that like that final thought um, that kind of, you know, pushed Dayton over the edge. Yeah, I was at dinner actually with my family, and uh, I was starting to, like, nail things down about what I wanted to do. I committed really early, actually, um, but I was kind of, like, nailing things down on what I wanted to do. And uh, I just – I was, like, I I think, like, I want to go to Dayton. Um, and they, like – we talked about it for a while, and uh, that's finally what happened. I texted the coach, um, committed there, and then I actually went to my friend's house and uh, celebrated that day. And uh, the next day I posted it in the morning because it was kind of later at night. Yeah. Um, so I committed later at night, actually. It was kind of weird. Um, I texted him. I was like, yeah, like, this is a fit. Like, I'm coming here. Um, okay. So that's kind of how that worked. So I'm sure you had a great relationship with that Dayton coaching staff, you know, to obviously commit because, I mean, you felt, you, felt yeah. wanted, you said you said you kind of felt at home there at Dayton. Uh, but after committing and then even now go ahead into this fall and kind of playing underneath that coaching staff on a day-to-day basis, how has your uh, relationship with those coaches kind of evolved over time? Yeah, it's definitely great. Coach Fair, the pitching coach, is a great guy. Um, the things he's changed with my mechanics have been great. I came in here, my mechanics, I mean – I was basically an all-arm guy, which is a good thing because I was down hard still, but also a bad thing because, I mean, a lot of stress on the arm. Yeah. Um, that's how it worked. He's helped me out a lot with mechanics. Um, and then Coach King, the head coach, another great guy. He's more of a catching and infield – not infield, more of a catching coach. He, like, surrounds everyone and, like, makes sure – like, what a head coach does. Um, so our relationship has been really good, too, uh, just talking to him day, day in and day out at the facility – um, always asking me how school is, stuff like that. Um, really showing he cares about like not just baseball and uh, stuff outside of that. Um, and then Coach Pete Sass, um, infield coach, I uh, really like him too. I mean, he's one of the coaches you can just have a good time with. Um, I don't really talk to him as much because he's the infield coach, but I mean, we talk here and there. He's a great guy. And then uh, Coach Decker, another one, uh, hitting coach, he's a great guy too. So with you being an Indiana guy going to an Ohio school, after you committed, did you kind of have pre-existing relationships with some of those Dayton ball players who were committed uh, in your class or even other classes before heading there um, this past fall? Uh, not really. I mean, I know I knew a few guys, but I mean, we I never talked to them. Um, Parker Bard, another guy who played for the Night Show um, out of Westfield High School. Um, I didn't really know him, but I knew of him. Um, that's the only one I'd say. Uh, Dayton recruits a lot of from a lot of different states. Um, they do a good job recruiting. So, I mean, 
I don't know too many guys here because they're all from – obviously, I do now, but, like, pre-existing players. Um, I just knew from my official visit um, the older seniors, which majority of them aren't here anymore because um, they took me on my official visit. But not I didn't really know too many people when I first got here. Okay. So now that you've been at Dayton now for pretty much a whole semester, I mean, like I said, I mean, I think we're down to our, I think our final two weeks of like, you know, the fall semester yeah. college. Um, So what's just your fall semester been like when it comes to fall ball and just, you know, playing day to day um at that college level and just getting as many reps as possible? Yeah, it's been great. Um, Especially practicing here. I mean, it's a lot colder here in Dayton. Um, So the weather hasn't changed from Indiana to Ohio at all, which uh, kind of wish you did, but it didn't. Um, so that's how that's been. Um, getting my reps in every single day at the field. Um, we have lifts four times a week. Um, so that's good too. Uh, that's how that's been working out. Um, fall ball schedule is pretty good. Uh, played a lot of competition there. Um, I got hurt for a minute, but uh, that didn't really stop anything. I mean, I'm back now, so that's all that matters. Just getting ready for the season. So what are some? What were some of the biggest surprises that kind of caught you by surprise? Uh, just when it came to fall ball this past fall. Definitely the hitters. Um, college hitters are a lot different than uh, high school hitters. You can't just throw them off fastballs. Um, obviously, in high school, you can be a lot more dominant. Um, so here, it's a lot, definitely the hitters are a lot better um, at the Division One talent. Um, you got to learn to mix up your pitches a lot more and uh, your spots, definitely. That's another thing, uh, hitting your spots. You can't just throw it wherever you want. Um, you got to hit your spots. And I definitely say the hitters are a lot better than what I – witness in high school and travel ball. Okay. So when did you, when, when was that moment that kind of just hits you, you know, that you can't throw a fastball by somebody can, can I take us through just that moment where you're like, shit, like. That's I mean, actually, yeah, that's, that's funny you say that because uh, we were in an inter squad scrimmage. Uh, we have a Georgia state transfer um, this year, uh, Josh Smith, great hitter. Um, he was uh, all Sunbelt last year. First team all Sunbelt um, transferred here. He got in there. This was our first center squad. Uh, threw a fastball right down the middle and just took me yard. And I was like, shit. And so that's kind of when I just realized, like, I gotta start. I gotta start mixing it up. Um, so I mean, that was a, that was a good moment, good learning moment for me. Um, I mean, an all Sun Belt hitter, uh, great comp for me to start off with, definitely. Um, I mean, and we joke, we joke about it now. Uh, me striking him out here and there, um, and then him hitting a nuke. <laughs> so when you guys weren't playing the inner squad scrimmages i remember when you said uh during that meeting with logan uh shout out old fort baseball here uh no but um yeah. um when you, during that meeting with logan you said that you guys were facing you know like a bunch of different power five programs for fall ball uh so what yeah. was that competition level like uh facing those type of guys yeah we played uh we opened up against notre dame um at notre dame um ended up beating them um first game uh, we I think we were up seven zero at one point. Wow. Um, they came back. They came back a little bit, and then I think we won twelve seven, something like that. I mean, it wasn't like a blowout, but I mean, we beat them pretty good. Um, then we were supposed to have a doubleheader, and it, I think we were up three one like the third or something. I just start. It just started. Um, that got rained out. Um, and then we played Purdue. Um, that was a good game. Unfortunately, they got us. Um, but I mean, we'll see them in the regular season, so it's all good. And then we played a Canadian team here. Um, that was just – that was a blowout. I think it was like 26 to 1 or 26 to 2. Like Holy man. <laughs> yeah, it was some Canadian team. Um, Showing them how we do it here in the USA. And, uh, <laughs> and we played Michigan um, and split with them 1-1. Um, 
Okay. So as you know, so what was that day to day looking like just on a week to week basis uh, when like it was regular fall ball, when you guys were going out, playing those inter squad scrimmages, playing up against Michigan, Purdue, um, the Canadian team, what was that day to day looking like? And then how does that compare to now kind of as the, the time's winding down? Um, and I believe like the NCAA has some sort of like regulation where you yeah. have to shut down soon, I think. Uh, so can yeah. I take through like the differences between uh like the fall ball, like playing teams compared to what it's like now. Yeah. When I first got here, it was all, it was all full go, uh, foot on the pedal. Um, pretty much practiced every single day besides Monday because you have to have that one day off for the NCAA. Um, so pretty much every single day we'd have practice and we'd go straight in the run with our uh, weight coach. And then immediately after that, we'd go to the weight room. So, I mean, I, there was like six, seven hour days, um, Typically, I mean, the the lifts were optional because um, they have to be because the NCAA. Um, but, I mean, obviously, I went with every single one. Um, but that's how that worked. Um, so, I mean, it was very busy to start every single day, pretty much, like I said. And then as soon as fall ball ended, it started to move in more individual stuff, um, like individual group work to work on what you need to work on to get ready for the spring. Um, so, I actually had my last individual today um, just before this, just working with the pitching coach in small groups um more about mechanic mechanic wise drills for why these mechanics are better um and stuff like that so definitely when it starts dying down it's a lot more mechanics and a lot more group based versus the whole team which i like personally because i i get to work one-on-one um to get me ready for the spring and then because of the ncaa i think uh we end well technically our last practice was today um but we have lived saturday and sunday and then we come back and we're straight into it again Okay. So when you are doing those one-on-one workouts with the coaching staff and just kind of focusing specifically on certain things you're trying to get better at, what are some of those things? And like, what are you trying to get better at uh, for when that season starts there in February, March? Yeah, definitely for me. Um, I'm a long, lanky guy. Um, I came in here using all arm, like I said. Um, so for me, it's more of a hip drive and uh, shortening my arm path to get it up in time. Um, along with uh, flexing the front leg when I finish. Um, so that's all been for me, which has been coming along really well. I actually, since I got here, my mechanics have got so much better. Haven't been able to get on the mound recently because I mean, it's December. Um, but with plyo balls and all that, um, it's been great. Okay. So what is the outlook on this upcoming spring, you know, for you personally and as a team, like what are some of your goals heading into the spring and like in your mindset, you know, like deep down, like where do you think you kind of fit, you know, on that depth chart, you see yourself getting some pretty good innings this spring. Um, and then yeah. as a team, uh, who are maybe, who are maybe some guys that we on the lookout for, for just like, you know, baseball fans in general to be looking out for on that Dayton baseball team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll be in the reliever position this year. Um, that's my goal to get as many innings that I can, um, especially in those bigger games, uh, so I can get out there and see all the talent. And that's my goal as my freshman year to get get as many innings as I can and just dominate when I'm out there and be a dog, um, and not just be that freshman that just goes out there. Um, like I actually want to like have some have some stats behind my name for my freshman year. Yeah. Um, so that's my goal personally. Um, some people to look out for definitely are uh, Mark Manfredi. Uh, he's a left-hand pitcher. Um, those those gas. Um, Brian Packard, another one. Um, good buddies with him. He just transferred from a JUCO. Um, he just he was dominant in our uh, fall ball series. I don't think he gave up one run. Um, so that'll be another one. And then uh, hitters, Marcos Pujols. Um, he's actually related to Albert Pujols. Uh, he hits tanks. So. Uh, 
I mean, I, he's been on every D1, like, social media. I mean, he's he's legit. And then uh, now there's – I mean, there's – I can just keep going uh, with the names. And then Josh Smith is another one. I mean, the Georgia State transfer, uh, just great bat, great speed, great outfielder. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of people, a lot of weapons. Is it has your guys' schedule came out for this spring? Like, do you guys know uh, some of those bigger Power 5 programs you're playing? Yeah. Uh, it's not officially posted, but, I mean, we do have the schedule. Um, we open against Tennessee. Um, that'll be a great series. Uh, I think we play – you know, we play Ohio State, um, Louisville, three-game series at Louisville. Uh, pretty sure we play Michigan again, uh, Purdue – um Cincinnati uh schools like that around here um so yeah definitely a lot of good competition um outside of the A10 which I like a lot so yeah so you said when you got so you said when you got the day in uh you were kind of all armed as a bigger lengthier guy um so how did that pitching coach and just that coaching staff how do they kind of go about you know fixing that in your game and and making you a little bit more than you know just just an just an arm thrower yeah definitely um with all the technology, I mean, they have at these schools nowadays, um, with the edutronics, um, the camera, um, he basically showed me what he showed me my video for my bullpen and basically sat down with me and explained to me why my arm is so laggy. Um, when I, I can't get my arm up as fast as I can, which is why I like, I'm my velos up and down on certain days because it depends on if my arm feels good because that's all I use. Um, so he basically sat down with me, which is very cool. Um, and told me about why this is happening and what I can do to fix it. Um, so that's how, how that first started. Started taking videos, um, started working on this, and then obviously in our individual, I've been working on the things that he's told me and uh, seeing great, great progress. Yeah. So now you said your guys' last kind of practice before winter break was today. Obviously, two more lifts here this weekend. Uh, yeah. What is what does your arm care routine kind of look like when it comes to you know just shutting down in the off season, ramping back up for the spring season? Uh, what does that kind of look like? Yeah, definitely. Our pitching coach sends us out. Uh, uh, everyone's different. Um, completely different. Everyone's sheets completely different uh, based based off of what you do. Um, so we have day to day drills of what we're doing with out of baseball. Um. Stuff like mobility, um, obviously lifting. Uh, he put out lifting goals for us, what he wants us to get to, um, body weight, um, and then throwing. He has a throwing program with us. Um, some guys are shutting down completely. Some guys are still throwing. Um, it just all depends. Um, he's still getting that together, I'm pretty sure, uh, the sheets. But uh, that's kind of how that works. I mean, you guys, have, we have guys here throwing like day to day, not every single day, just kind of slowing down and then yeah. uh, running back up in a few weeks. Okay. So when it comes to your pitching repertoire, when you're up on, when you're up on the mound, uh, just what are some of those different pitches that you're throwing uh, and then kind of take us through maybe what your grips are and the velos of those pitches. Yeah, definitely. Um, Right now I, I just developed a, a 12, six. I used to do a slider, but with my arm, new arm action, I'm getting on top of the ball now. Um, so I'm doing a 12, six. I'm working on that um, change up uh, circle change. Uh, I throw a sinker and then uh, I throw a two seam and four seam. Uh, I mean, I can throw a knuckleball, but I mean, it's not a game pitch. <laughs> okay. So are you, are you pretty set with those pitches you got right now? Or are you planning on, you know, adding a pitch or a pitch or two um, here these next year, uh, the next year? I'm definitely uh, confident with those pitches. I mean, I would still want to work on that 12 six. Um, it's very sharp. I just need to work on locating it because it moves so much as of right now. Um, Cause I'm just, throwing throwing the heck out of it yeah um so i'm just working on working on those pitches and like defining them so that they're just 
unstoppable. I mean, I don't think there's a need for me to add another pitch if I can just make those other pitches better. Okay. So if you were a scout watching your game, uh, just on the mound or even interacting with teammates, what would be that personal scouting report on yourself? Um, definitely very whippy arm. Um, that's that's a big thing. Every scouting PBR thing I've been into. Um, whippy arm. Um, definitely a lot left in the tank. Um, adding weight. I mean, I've done that since I've got here is add weight. Um, lanky. Uh, I extend well on the front side. Um, just shortening up the arm path is the main thing that I would say, like, from a scouting report is what I need to do. Um, and then dulling those hitters off um, by mixing up pitches better. Okay. So now playing it now, uh, you know, being under the Dayton coaching staff for all of fall, uh, playing at a great high school program like Homestead, playing for the Canes, Diamondbacks, Nitro. Uh, you've had a lot of great coaches so far in your coaching career. I mean, in your playing career. Uh, if you had to pick maybe a handful of guys who've just been both the most influential when it comes to your baseball career, who would some of those guys be? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, definitely Coach Harkness out at uh, Homestead High School. He was our pitching guy. Um, had him as a teacher, too. Um, so, I mean, he was a great guy in class. Actually, my football coach, I, I basically did everything with him. He was uh, my receiver coach at um, Homestead. He was my pitching coach at Homestead. And he was my history teacher. Um, so, definitely him. We had a great relationship. And then uh, Coach DJ Moore, another one at Homestead, um, worked with the pitchers. Um, he was more one I could connect with because he was younger. Um, he actually works at a WBA in Fort Wayne, or used to at least. Um, played at Huntington uh, for a few years, went to Homestead, had some draft opportunities, but ended up getting Tommy John. Um, so he was one I could really connect with and, like, develop pitches with since he was more, like, around me, um, my age. Um, still, like, moving, pitching, throwing hard. Um, so he's definitely another one. Um, Coach McKenzie for the Diamondbacks. Um, obviously, I mean, that speaks for itself. His son's in the MLB now. Um, so, I mean, he was, he was a great mentor, um, of helping me and just learning from him. And I mean, I even think Zach came into a few of our practices. Um, so that was cool. And then obviously, I mean, everyone I've worked with has been great, but those are a few that I'd definitely say. Okay. So when you're around, uh, McKintree's son, Zach, who's now with the Chicago Cubs, played for the Dodgers for a little bit. Um, what, like, how are you going about, you know, picking a guy's brain like that, who, you know, has played in the major leagues, gone through the ranks, uh, played in minor league ball for a little bit when you're around guys like him, or even potentially some other professional ball players you've been around. Yeah. Uh, what are just some different ways that you go about picking their brain? Yeah, definitely. I was younger when he came around, obviously. Um, so I mean, I was, I was obviously like, yo, this is so cool, but like, I wasn't as into it as thinking that way. Yeah. Um, as from a, he was a hitter, obviously. So, uh, just learning about like how pitchers can attack hitters in ways that he's failed um, as from a hitting standpoint to learn as of what I should do in order to get that way. Um, I mean, obviously I was younger, but like that's something I'd say that I wish I would ask nowadays. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was just like when I was younger, just cool for him to be there. I wasn't really thinking that way. Cause I was, I don't even know how old I was. I was pretty young. Yeah. So have you gotten the chance to be around any other um either former or current pro ball players um besides Zach McKinstry? Uh I'm trying to think. I definitely have. I'm just trying to think of who who I've been around that's been in I mean, Coach Javi and Coach Manny both played in the uh I think Coach Javi made it up to triple A. Um okay. and then Coach Manny played on the he played on the Wizards, um, the old Fort Wayne Tin Caps. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was my pitching coach. Uh Coach Javi, who 
played at Louisiana, then I think he got up to AAA with the Twins. Um, so just working with him every every week, like I used to when I was back home, um, was just cool learning from him and what like allowed him to succeed versus what will allow me to succeed. Because obviously we're two different pitchers, um, so that's very cool um, to work with him. Okay, so you mentioned uh, the Fort Wayne Wizards there, uh, the former uh, Fort yeah. Wayne Caps team. I mean, so the I mean, with them being the Padres affiliate and the Padres, you know, going through a rebuild there, uh, you know, four or five years ago, the the Tin Caps have gotten, um, you know, some pretty quality ball players that come through Fort Wayne. You know, Fernando Tatis, um, CJ Abrams, yeah. Mackenzie Gore. Um, did you kind of get the chance to go go watch some of those guys play while they were in Fort Wayne, or do you kind of stay away from Parkview Field uh, when it comes to the summertime? That's actually funny you say that. Um, I actually worked there for a little bit. Um, oh, okay. Mike, uh, Mike Nutter, uh, the president of Ten Caps. Um, I'm really good friends with Carson Nutter, um, his son. We played baseball together. So, I mean, our whole friend group uh, ended up getting jobs there, kind of like a friend group thing. It was, it was really cool. Um, so, we just did, like, VIP food service. like, And, I mean, I basically watched baseball and talked to people. So, I mean, it was a good experience. Um working for them and uh yeah just being around baseball I mean it was an easy job for me to be around baseball I mean basically got paid to watch baseball I mean you can't ask for anything else yeah you know I mean that, I mean that's 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 a cool job especially to be up there in yeah. VIP you know serving food and just being being around the ballpark on a game day I mean I remember yeah. uh, when Tatis you know he was like 19 when he came through I was at a ball I was at a game you know with my family like in, in the outfield somewhere and Tatis hit a ball to left field. I think that hit hit a window on the third level of that that um um the green building. Yeah the, the building there. The the build yeah the building in left field. He hit he hit the third like a third level window. And yeah. like, man. And then like the next day MLB pipeline came out and he was like the fourth ranked prospect in baseball. And I'm just like man like this is crazy. Um yeah definitely, definitely being a Fort Wayne kid you, you get um what's the word um shoot I mean, you're lucky you're lucky to see players like that come through the town it's it's a cool experience. yeah another one I saw this year uh, working there was Robert Hassel um, oh yeah yeah he, he's legit I think he's with the Nationals now but uh I mean I was walking to work one day and uh there were players walking and I mean these players aren't making much but I mean they're in the minor leagues you could just tell I mean they're all walking in just like Padre stuff and you just see him decked out in a Gucci outfit walking in for a game. <laughs> and you're like, yep, that's him. Yeah, you, but, you can tell he was a, a first a first round pick with, with that signing yeah, stuff he's wearing. Pulled up in pulled up in the M three and hopped out in the Gucci outfit. I was like, that, yep. <laughs> yeah. You you planning on going back there this summer or you think you'd be playing some collegiate summer ball somewhere? Uh no, I, I definitely won't be able to get a job this summer. Um I'm planning on playing the Kalamazoo Growlers. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. The they actually won the Northwoods last year. Uh, Cole Russo, I'm sure you probably know who that is. Uh, played for UCF. He played for them. Um, big, big NIL guy. Um, I, I mean, I don't personally know him, but I mean, he's all over social media. So he played for them. Um, and that's who I'll be with this summer, which is, I mean, I think they play like 63 games in 67 days. It's like, I mean, it's nuts. I'm a pitcher, so, I mean, I won't have to go through all that. But, uh, yeah. So, how did you get connected with the Kalamazoo uh, Growlers? Um, our coach actually sets us up with everyone. He sends us out a spreadsheet, and we put our top three um, of who we, where we want to go or what league. Um, DJ, uh, Coach DJ Moore at Homestead, the one I just talked about, um, actually played for them, too. Um, had a great experience, he said. I mean, it's a great league, too. Uh, 
so that was my plan um kind of all along and then it just happened they set me up with them okay so talking about so i got one last question here before we kind of lean into six rapid fire questions i kind of end off the podcast with um so talking about park the field talking about the tin caps what was that like you know i know park view sports Medis- medicine does that little series where schools like yeah. said um, I know I played there one like one time, got the opportunity to. Uh, so what was that experience like for you playing at Parkview Field? Um, I saw that you were on the mound for that game. So what was that like? Yeah, I mean, I started off a little slow. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't very good to start. Um, came out, uh, just said, I'm not gonna let this not gonna let this happen. And uh, I just I just shoved completely tore up Carroll after the first inning or two. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I shut them down pretty quick. I mean, they were all hype after the first few innings. And I just – I mean, I was kind of down, but I was kind of also laughing. Like, yeah, this game isn't even close to over. Um, and then, obviously, our bats came in clutch, um, helping me out a lot. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of a one-two punch with me and Jay Goody. Um, I think I pitched five of seven or six of seven, and uh, he came in and just shut the door. Yeah. So, for mo- – so, I'm – I'm from like the 260 area, but I'm more like, you know, like up north, like towards Michigan. So I'm not from yeah. Fort Wayne. When it comes to like all you Fort Wayne schools, is it usually Homestead and Carroll that are generally the two best teams in the area? Or like, I know Dwinger also, obviously Dwinger and Snyder with the type of guys there yeah. have come up, like are they solid as well? Or what's kind of like the best program in Fort Wayne? Yeah, actually Homestead's not an SAC for baseball. Neither is Carroll, which is weird. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure every year in the SAC, it's between uh, Snyder and Dwinger. Um, so they kind of battle back and forth, but I'd say the top for us, um, Snyder definitely been on the rise recently. Um, since I've been here, definitely Snyder's one of them. Um, Carol and then, uh, the Wanger has its years too. Well, Homestead's an SAC for basketball and football, aren't they? Yep. Yeah. So how does that, how does that work that they're not in the SAC for baseball? Uh, they got, I think they got kicked out a few years ago because uh, them Carroll were just dominating. I, that's what I heard. I don't know if that's true. So, I mean, you can't win, like, any all SAC, like, anything. So, we're in, we're all uh, individual or whatever it's called. Um, so, we just play in an open schedule. So, you're not we even, like, in a conference? No, we're not. We're completely not in a conference at all. You can't win anything conference at all. Um, we do play all those SEC schools, which is weird, very weird um literally play every single one of them um besides wayne i think um but wayne's probably not that good are they no we played him in the sectional championship this past year i basically had a broken back and threw a one hitter (laughs) (laughs) i mean it was this dude just got a lucky bloop hit up the middle i i woke up that day and this is side topic but i woke up that day couldn't get out of bed um it was bad i had back spasms um went to the trainer and uh, she worked on it a little bit, was walking funny, really funny. Ended up going to a chiropractor, uh, getting dry needled. Um, my back's just flamed up. And uh, I basically hobbled out on the mound. So I was like, I'm not, this is my senior year. I'm not letting you take me out. And I uh, do a one hitter. <laughs> I was actually throwing heat that game, too, believe it or not. <laughs> so, so in your sectional, like, is it mostly all the Fort Wayne schools in the same sectional? Or who's in your sectional for uh, baseball? Uh, we have Huntington North. Southside, uh, Wayne, and Northside, I think. I mean, oh, Columbia City is another one, too. Okay. Um, it's really not fair. 
if I'm gonna yeah. be honest. I mean, it's it sucks that you guys. I, I didn't see. I didn't know you guys weren't a part of the SAC. I mean, for you, like yeah. for the ball. I mean, I guess for the overall program, it doesn't. It's probably better because you get to go. You know, like have an open schedule. Probably, I'm sure you guys travel yeah. probably somewhere close to Indy to play some some yeah. solid schools. But that sucks for you know for you ball players who can't get like the recognition of you know all SAC and kind of have those cool uh, awards yeah. at the end of the year. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with you, and I don't know why they do that, um, especially because we're in football and basketball. Like, literally every single sport. I mean, so I don't know if softball's in the SAC or not. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't understand it whatsoever. Yeah. Well, I mean, Homestead probably dominates the SAC in basketball too, right? Or no? Uh, it's. I mean, they – I wouldn't say dominate. They win it here and there. Um, Snyder's another good one. And uh, Carroll. Um, yeah, it's – Basically, Snyder, Carroll, and Homestead uh, over the past few years is what I've noticed. Allures here and there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess Fort Wayne produces – I mean, even though Fort Wayne produces some good baseball talent, I mean, they produce a little bit more basketball talent, obviously, when you're looking yeah. at Malik Williams at Snyder, Keon Brooks before he transferred to um, La Lumiere. I don't know how well you follow basketball, but – Yeah, no, um, I follow it pretty well. Yeah, I was a big basketball junkie growing up in high school. So whenever I got to be in like a, a summer ball tournament and like Keon or Malik were there, like I was, you know, like pumped, even though I didn't really get to play. Yeah. Anything. But I used it was to play cool. against cool to younger brother. I used to play against uh, Keon's younger brother, um, who's now in New Haven. And uh, so I used to play AAU too. Um, so it was cool to always see those guys out of AAU. I mean, I saw Bronny, Gabe Cups, all of them. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. And then, uh, there's a isn't there like a five star like wide receiver coming out of Fort Wayne too like Tay Tay Johnson or oh yeah 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 um I don't I don't know his actual name but yeah and then Mylon Graham okay what school are they go are those two at um Tay's at Northside and then Mylon Graham's at New Haven as of right now but I mean I've seen some stuff on Twitter that he's gonna transfer to Carroll okay. All right, man. Well, let's dig into the rapid fire questions. Got six questions here left for you. Um, so kind of, right. you know, like you don't have to like dig into them like too much, kind of just like, you know, one, two sentences, this and that. Um, so that All first right. question. So what are some of your passions beyond baseball? Um, definitely getting a job, um, growing up and having a family, um, successful family and just being there for my family okay. and having kids that are involved in sports. All right. So when you're next question, when you're looking at your phone, uh, going through your contacts, who is the coolest contact that you have within your phone? Uh, I definitely, um, this is hard to think. Probably Troy Merritt of the uh, PGA tour. Okay. How'd you, how'd you get that phone number? Uh, my uncle who played at Boise state golf um, was actually his roommate. Um, so Troy Merritt's on the, uh, PGA tour now. And when he came to Fort Wayne for the event they put on a few years ago, I got signed ball, signed glove. Hell yeah. So that's, probably my, that's probably my most famous contact. Okay. Well, that's not, that's not what I was expecting, but, um, <laughs> that's a cool contact. And then yeah. when it comes to uh, digging into Fort Wayne, just a little bit more when it comes to just, you know, just go, walk, being around the city, I know there in Homestead, you guys are more of like a suburb, but when it's actually yeah. like downtown Fort Wayne, like what are some of your favorite things to do there in Fort Wayne? Um, I'd say I know it's in downtown, but definitely the diamond. Um, I mean, that's obvious from a baseball player. Um, three rivers festival is another cool thing. Um, downtown. I enjoy that every single year. Um, junk food alley. Um, I mean, I don't eat it, but <laughs> it's another Fort Wayne staple. Um, Coney Island. Um, I'll go there here and there and 
just all the new restaurants. Downtown's definitely evolving over the past few years. You can see all the construction. Um, so definitely probably going down there, just hanging yeah. out. I mean, I mean, when both of us were kids, I mean, Fort Wayne downtown kind of really wasn't much to do besides, you know, going to Parkview yeah. or, you know, Coney Island. I know that's a, that's like a lot of people's like Christmas Eve traditions to kind of go to Coney yeah. Island. Um, yeah. no, but you're definitely right when it comes, like the town's definitely evolved here these past couple of years, especially with the tin caps now being there for, I think like 13 years now or something. Yeah. I know they, I knew yeah. they moved a while back, but um, next moving into the next question. Uh, so when it comes to, you know, just your motivations, what is it to kind of motivate you every day just to kind of get up, get out of bed, go win the day and just continuously to get better? Um, I just say being successful in life, um, not just, not just sitting here and just letting like people just be in front of me. Um, I'd say I'm very confident in what I do. Um, I'm, I'm sometimes a little too overconfident, um, get a little cocky sometimes, but, uh, just definitely being successful. That's my main goal in life. Um, whether that's in baseball or school, whatever I do, I just like to be at the top and, uh, be successful. So getting out of bed, eat, make sure I eat a breakfast, um, get my day started, go to class and just make sure I'm successful. Okay. All right. Down to the final two questions here we got for you. Um, so let's say, you know, you keep using these motivations just to continuously get better. What does that perfect picture of your life look like here in 20 years from now, 20, 25 years, everything's going right. What is that perfect picture of your life? I'd say definitely uh, playing in the MLB, um, being somewhere warm, um, having a family, uh, preferably California. I'm um, going back home, uh, play for the Dodgers. That'd be really cool. Um, but that's definitely a goal of mine uh, is to get drafted and work my way up um, to the big show. Um, but if I got drafted by the Padres, that would also be cool to go play uh, for the 10 caps, um, yeah. especially working there. That would be even cooler. Yeah, so be so being a California-born kid and then go move into the Fort Wayne here in the Midwest, are you – like what's your favorite Major League Baseball team or even some of your other professional sports teams you kind of tend to root for? Um, I mean, a lot of people call me a frontrunner because this year, but I definitely say the Phillies. Um, just kind of start as an inside joke, a few friends at school, just go Phils. So uh, I'd say the Phillies or the Dodgers. Um, this sounds bad, but, like, I mean, they're both pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the Phillies haven't been recently, but, I mean, over the past few years, they've been good. Um, and then the Dodgers, just because I'm from out, out that way. Yeah. So are you from – when you say California, are you from Los Angeles? Or is there, like – I mean, I've never been out to California. I really don't know. Like, I just know the big cities. So, like, yeah. are you from a, around a big city? Uh, I'm from Modesto, which is not, uh, near Sacramento. Um, so like, I'm kind, not really from LA. Um, I'm, I mean, it's a drive. Um, but yeah, definitely near Sacramento. You know, that is, um, I, I, re I mean, I know the Sacramento Kings, that's about it. Yeah. Uh, Biggie played for them from uh, Homestead too. So yeah. Um, oh shoot. I didn't know. I didn't know Swanigan played for the Kings. I remember him playing for the Trailblazers. Trailblazers. Yeah, he got that's the traded. only team I remember him playing for. He got traded, and then he uh, played for the Kings for a little oh, bit. Okay, okay. All right, so played. down to that, down to the last question, and I guess I do have a second question I want to add on to that as well. Um, right. So this is one question I like to end off every podcast with, with me being an aspiring agent and kind of the conversation we had before we started recording about NIL. Um, I'm, you know, yeah. like I'm big into that, kind of gaining a lot of experience doing that. So now that you do have the opportunity to capitalize off your name, image, and likeness, being a freshman there at Dayton, what would be one dream brand that you would love to work with one day? Oh, uh, probably Lululemon, to be honest. Um, I'm not going to say Nike or anything like that because it's, like, too big. But uh, 
Lululemon definitely would be cool. Um, I just like their stuff that they're coming out with recently, their shorts and all that. Um, so probably, probably them. Okay. To be completely honest, I think I have gotten more Lululemon answers than I have Nike. It's crazy. Really? I I, th- I feel like every other podcast when I ask that question is Lululemon. Like I for, feel like it's a girly thing to say, but uh, I'm gonna I just had to be honest. <laughs> and that's and that's what I thought at first too. I didn't so. I mean, I guess maybe I'm uncultured, but before I started the podcast and people started telling me Lululemon, I thought that was just a girl brand. And then I started yeah. to realize, oh, shoot, yeah. they make a lot more stuff than just what I'm like, you know, like what I'm thinking about with for like just being a girl brand. Um, so, no, like, I mean, I get Lululemon as an answer all the time. Yeah, that's definitely probably my favorite. I mean, I have a lot of little it's expensive. Um, tell you that, but yeah. I mean, well, that's why that's um, why you need to deal with them. You know, get get that get that exactly, uh, exactly. Uh, gear a little bit cheaper. That's very uh, true. I saw I saw in your but this is that final question. So I saw that um in your bio you're a junk brands athlete. Yeah. So how did you get in contact with them and kind of like what does that entail? I worked with them for a little bit. Um, I don't really work with them. I probably should delete that out of there. Um, I just don't really go on Instagram that much. Um, I worked with them a little bit at the beginning. Um, basically, just sent me free headbands here and there. Um, it wasn't. I mean, there was money involved. Um, if I uh, used the code like to send the people, but I personally didn't have to buy anything, which is kind of cool. Um, so I worked with them. Just got like free headbands here and there. Um, it wasn't wasn't anything big. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how that worked. Okay, I assume that's kind of how that deal went because, like we said, like we said in the like the pre-recording yeah. I mean, that's how a lot of businesses try to do their nil is kind of give players links and kind of really don't do much else yeah um, so i uh, assumed but i just wasn't 100 percent sure yeah and another one in there the real ed the barber <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> well, yeah that one too <laughs> that's my uh that's my teammate uh he's a barber in new york but he plays here at dayton now so uh we kind of just threw that in there as a joke and, uh, <laughs> free, i get free haircuts so that's my nil deal it's free haircuts <laughs> okay all right i mean that's uh, free haircuts are always a good thing. Yeah, I just walk up two floors and he cuts my hair and in our door. <laughs> it's, I mean, a, it's a good gig. It's a good yeah, gig. Def- definitely is. Uh, but yeah. no, man, uh, that's that's all the questions I got for you. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, like I said, I'm doing this Fort Wayne baseball series. It's going to be two, three week mini series here on the podcast. Um, so super pumped to get this rolling. Uh, interview guys like yourself. I'm hopefully going to get like you know McKinstry Van Meter on as well. Um, yeah. So I'll be reaching out to them here pretty soon, uh, re- reaching out to some uh, travel ball organizations within Fort Wayne, you know, just trying to spotlight the city of Fort Wayne, just that 260 area. Um, so just really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, I do want to wish you the best of luck, you know, as you kind of go through these final weeks of your first semester as a freshman and then head into your freshman spring as well. And just the rest of your career, I want to wish you the best of luck. So uh, just thanks for yeah. coming on the show, man. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Definitely an honor. 